0: Welcome to a new episode of Catching Fire, How Teams Win, and episode number three in the new series, Leadership Uncensored, with Mohammed and Jim. Good morning, Jim.
1: Hey, Mohammed, How are you doing?
0: I'm doing good. Here's the afternoon, as you know, because of the time differences. I hope that you had a great night's sleep and fresh for our discussion today.
1: Absolutely. I got my coffee again. Yes. Is this my favorite cup, by the
0: way, or no, it's not?
1: No, this this is uh, this one I got in Antigua. Um, oh, you went there? Oh, yeah, last year.
0: Okay, um, you liked it? Hopefully.
1: Oh, it was it was brilliant. Yes, we we booked a return trip before we uh, before we left. Hmm. So,
0: yeah, it's really nice. I hope that I can visit one day based on your recommendation. By the way.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we like to go in the middle of winter when it's freezing here in Ohio, hmm. and it's nice and eighty-five and sunny
0: hmm. uh,
1: in the Caribbean. So. Yeah. yeah, a month from now we'll be in uh, on the beaches of Jamaica. Mm,
0: I love what I hear, and I hear what I love because in reality, here in Germany, I don't want to tell you in the past weeks, we were having a lot of rain uh, co- consistently each day. And today, believe it or not, in January, it's uh, I mean, yeah, usually it, it, it snows, but suddenly the temperature was going up, and then uh, shockingly, it started the snowing today. Yeah. So, so I don't want to tell you, <laughs> I, I'm dreaming about the sun at the meantime.
1: Yeah, no kidding, me too. <laughs> hey yeah, uh, I, 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 no, I saw you uh, redesigned your webpage. Um yeah. I think it's really awesome. Uh it's it, you did a great job with that. Um and then I found out that you wrote a book. Uh. <laughs> and uh so I went and I, I bought a copy of it. Um it's sitting behind me over here. And uh yeah, it's it's I think it's a great book for anybody getting started um in leadership or just really trying to figure out what they want to do. Uh, and actually it made me think a little bit as well. Um, you know, one of the first things you talk about is what you want to do in five years. Mm. And um, you know, that's, that's something I think everybody really needs to think about and, and picture. So uh, yeah, really well done. Um, I'm still working through it now, but it seems to be a pretty good read and there's, there's a ton of good info in there. So thank nice you so you much, done. my friend.
0: Yeah, really, thank you so much. I mean, uh, to the listeners or the viewers of this video right now, I just opened the camera and I uh, just before going uh, live and I saw the book behind the gym and I was happy to be honest with you to see it there. as that You feel that you have, yes, you know what I mean? You feel that you have part of you in someone else's place. That's what you feel specifically with books. So I'm honored and I'm happy that you that you made this gesture by buying it, uh, Jim, and having it right now appearing in the video and these beautiful words about it. Uh, I created, as I said before, because I saw a gap uh, specifically in the entry-level and mid-career-level employees between their expectations and reality. And this gap I, dis- I discovered specifically when I was uh, working at the university. And, and then I said, okay, I want to make or to write this book Direct to the point, 10 chapters. Each chapter is answering a question. Standalone mm-hmm. chapters. You don't have to read it in, se- in sequence. Standalone chapters. Whenever you are right now in your life, in your journey, you just move on and pick the right chapter for you and get uh, prepared and move on. So uh, it was well perceived by the people, especially the, the young age group, because that's what I'm focusing on in this book, the 20, 30, the between 20 and 30. So it was well perceived by them because it's direct to the point and short. So I communicated in the way that they want. Which, by yeah. the way, is relevant to the topic of today's uh, episode as well. Spe- speaking, speaking about the topic, by the way, would you like to tell the audience what we're going to speak about?
1: Yeah. So, um, but I'd like to tell a story first. Uh, so we, we just had the Christmas break, and I had a bunch of family in town, and um, my my nephew, who's eight. Mm. Hey, Hudson, how's it going? Um, Said that he he likes uh, listening to the podcast. Uh, my sister in law puts it on in the car, and they enjoy listening to it, and, and they get a lot out of it. And um, it's just interesting that uh, different generations how they take you know uh, what we're talking about here, what we're discussing, what we're sharing, um, and and bringing that to the next generation. I think that's um, it's really cool to see. Uh, you know, when even an eight year old is getting some out of it, then you can imagine what an 18 year old or 28 year old, um, gets out of it or 68 year old for that matter. So that's kind of the discussion today is, is, um, how, how do we, um, deal with different generations at work, whether you're leading a team or part of a team? Um, you know, it can be someone fresh out of college, fresh out of high school, Mm -hmm. um, through someone who's getting ready to retire and there's there's different mentalities and different uh thought process that go with that and different ways to deal with with um people to make sure you're getting the most out of them so yep. this this will have- be a fun uh, fun conversation
0: yes and, and and we have at the meantime uh mix between four generations at work uh, because i want to mention them at the beginning in order the audience understand what we're speaking about and by the way these classifications they vary so you can look them on the internet you can see one or two okay. variation, one year one year or yeah. two years variation in each group but it doesn't matter so generally we have four groups right now at the workforce which are the first the baby boomers which are between born between 46 and 64 which are at the meantime between 59 and 77 years old. Of course, 77 means they're retired, but I'm speaking, it depends on where you live. It means between 59 and maybe 65, 67, they are in the final years of work. And you have Generation X, which is 65 to 1980, which is 43 to 58 years old. And we have Millennials or Generation Y, which is my generation as well, which is 1981 to 1996. This means that 27 to 42 years old and you have the generation Z or zoomers and this is 1997 to 2012 which means between 11 and 20 26 years old uh, which means that at least between maybe 22 or uh, 26 years old they will be already in the workforce Mm -hmm. so we have this mix between the four generations and uh, where do you want to start my dear friend tell me
1: uh, let's uh, I, I just want to say that that um, when it comes to leadership, um, I think there's a growing trend where age does not mean experience. Right. Mm-hmm. A lot of people look, f- think that, well, I'm not uh Gen X or I'm not a boomer. So there's no way I can be a manager or a leader. But that's that kind of mentality is going away. Mm-hmm. Um, right. Experience equals experience or um, knowledge or, or results is, is what people are looking for from a leader in particular, just, uh, just because someone's been around for a long time, doesn't mean they know how to lead a team, you know? Um, But it doesn't also rule you out from, from leading a team. But so what I'm saying is age doesn't really play a factor anymore, at least in in many of the companies I work with um, you get everybody from um, boomers all the way to Gen Z leading teams. Um, It's, it's about getting it done, getting the, the the project done that you're working on moving your team forward, you know, Mm -hmm. look at it in professional sports. Um, Jesse Marsh is, um, Leeds United American coach. He's pretty young and he's what on his third team already. And and he's been had a lot of successes, um, in, in NFL, Sean McVay, he's younger than I am and he's Mm -hmm. what on a six year leading the Rams. Um, so a lot of that mentality, uh, is, is tough for a lot of um, old school people to, to digest, but really, again, it's, you know, Sean McVay won a Super Bowl, so I think he has the experience and knows what it takes. So mm. just because he's not the age of Bill Belichick and in his 70s, then that doesn't mean that he can't successfully lead a team kind of thing. So I just want to preset uh, our conversation with that, that um, it doesn't matter what age you are. You can you can work with with anybody you, you have the ability um or you can learn the ability to to lead a team um or to do either directly or indirectly so when, uh,
0: uh, this this reminds me by the way of a very beautiful story when i was an employee lots of years ago uh, they used in a lot of cases uh uh to uh to ask me to mentor a, a new person a newcomer okay and a lot of these newcomers that i used to mentor uh they used to be youngsters and one common pattern that i used to see is the insecurity and this by the way i wrote about it in chapter two in the book the confidence level the insecurity which is normal because you are coming into into a new company a new role you want to prove yourself and you are young but which is okay this insecurity is okay Uh, every one of us passed through the situation but what i always uh, um, used to stress on these newcomers was to tell them that you look up to these people and you respect them and you learn from the, these figures, the, the leaders of the company, but you don't treat them as gods who are never making mistakes or put high expectations on them. And I used always to tell them, remember, the, this person, let's say you are re- looking at a vice president of the company and he's doing a great job or she's doing a great job. Remember, this person took his time or her time to be there. They put the time, effort, and the skills in order to be there. Who said that, You, after taking your time and effort, will not be there also even better. So you have to have the confidence and faith in the process. If you are doing the right things, no, you can improve and develop and run fast. And maybe, for example, if this person that you're looking up to, uh, is the company is 50 years old and he's a VP, maybe you are, for example, reaching this level when you are 45 or 43 or even 40. So there are no rules for it except your dedication and to learn how to do the right things in the workplace and and i want to stress on the point of the right thing uh, and i'm speaking here uh, the right thing here is not only the common standard things doesn't mean that i have to perform well or i want to achieve my goals and everything will be fine and I will climb the ladder no the right thing at the corporate world especially to climb the career ladder is totally different game this is a totally different game than just mm-hmm. uh, hitting your goals and just uh, and, and your boss will pat your shoulder uh, on your shoulder and then after this you will get promoted until you become uh, a ceo or a vp or something this way i just wanted to stress on this point uh, because it fits with what you are uh, your starting point right now of this discussion here.
1: Yeah. yeah yeah exactly um well put um learn both the good and the bad from from your mentors from um, either current managers or, or what you see going on uh, in another department or anybody you really interact with.
0: And I know I've done
1: that. I've had, um, four or five really great bosses, uh, managers that taught me a lot. And I was able to pick things from each one, what were, was the best about them and, um, you know, what things would I do differently kind of thing and kind of put them together, uh, into one kind of, uh, leadership way. And I'm sure someone's doing that with me. What, um, you know what did they like that that i did as a leader as a global leader and what did they not like and how could they then take that forward right so always be learning so that's i think that that is key especially for for someone starting out is uh you learn from the previous generations both the good and bad um and take that forward so um for instance like the the boomers um mm-hmm. let's let's start there um when you when you think about that so that's like um you know, think about my, my dad, my parents, they, they were boomers, right? Mm-hmm. Um, they had the mentality because for decades it was, you got to be in the building. You got to be, you know, there was no, they didn't come up in the age of the internet, no email. Um, they needed lots of people in, uh, in an office, in a building in order to get work done. And the association was, unless you're in the building, you're not getting work done. Because right. it is, it, you you couldn't do anything, you know, um, for the most part, unless you're in the building. Mm. Um, and I think Scott Adams captured this well in one of his Dilbert comics. It was pre-COVID, obviously, um, where, where Wally, kind of the, the slacker on the team, mm. you know, he requests to work from home. And the pointy-haired boss, and and he's a great example of what not to do as a boss, by the way. Mm. Yes. Well, how do I know that you're working if you're working from home? And Wally says he negotiates and says, well, I'll wear an uncomfortable hat. And then it goes to the last frame. And Wally's sitting on a recliner wearing this really uncomfortable hat, uh, you can tell like it's putting pressure on his brain. And he's sitting there on a recliner going jokes on him. This ain't that bad kind of thing. So that's the kind of mentality I think a lot of um, some of the boomers I've worked with before have or at least that I'm imagining is that it's, it's work is uncomfortable. Work is just getting, you know, you have to be there. If you're, um, uh, you know, working out in the middle of the day, then you're not getting your job done. That's more time you could have for working on your job. Um, if Mm -hmm. you're taking mental breaks, then you're not working kind of thing. And, um, just because that's the way it's come up, um, you know, for decades, it's about control. Um, and, and having, having that control, I think that's why you see a lot of companies now post-COVID are bringing everybody back because they need to see you working, whether it's meaningful work or not. As long as you're in front of a laptop or, um, you know, at, at your desk, then that means you're working. You yes, know?
0: yes, yes, yes.
1: You, you could be aming somebody about whatever but at least it looks like you're working and that's what they want is the look that you're working instead of actually you know doing what you need to get your job done that's the focus i should say um and again i'm generalizing i don't really like to generalize but for this discussion i'm kind of generalizing in my head how i view boomers or my experiences
0: so, sorry for interruption we agreed that we're going to interrupt each other as you know in the discussion so okay. that we're making it more Uh, the flow better and uh, so what what, what i'm trying what what you are speaking about right now reminds me of one of the main reasons why we had this in the first place Uh, because let's speak before 1946 which is the first generation which is available in from the four generations in the workforce right now which is the baby boomers Uh, before this one before this generation and even after during this generation uh, the main focus was about production okay the 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 heavy okay. industry the machinery and all of this stuff yeah and and uh the the uh, ironic part is what that uh for these people i mean during this time the manager used to measure uh, the performance of an employee based on the, the let's say how many parts they are producing on the production line or for example uh, uh, the speed of the of, of, of the production the, the errors during the production all of this stuff so it was something very very uh, tangible that they can measure you are producing per minute let's say 10 pieces then you are better than uh, than somebody else who's producing 12 pieces per minute so it was tangible And it it did not require a lot of creativity. And accordingly, what happened afterwards is later on when we came to the information age, nobody taught these leaders from the past or even, for example, the middle leaders in the middle, okay, how to make this transition from the production focusing on managing the people who are producing something to the people who are sitting in their offices and producing things, which are a lot of them producing intangible results that's why until this moment uh, uh, Jim uh, when let's speak uh, about let's speak about something irrelevant but it's important okay uh, when I'm going and speaking with a specific let's say company when we are doing business together in my business in consulting when I'm going there uh, one of the biggest problems that we face is that uh, sometimes the leader or the person is asking you okay uh, what will be the tangible result I can tell you any tangible results but I will be lying to you Because no matter who is trying to sell you what, when it comes to some things like behavioral change, like leadership, like uh, uh, creativity, like uh, other things which require uh, personal performance, decision making, all of these skills, okay, it's impossible that, you know, uh, you stick it to a specific figure or a number. And you are saying and using it the same style like we used it before in the industrial age when you are saying, ah, uh, so this person was producing 10 right now after taking leadership, uh, uh, working, consulting with you, they will be producing 8 or 12 or something this way. It doesn't work like this. But still, what I'm trying to say is this mentality, even though we are far beyond and we are in the right now in the information era, but still a lot of people are conditioned to ask always what's the tangible. Uh, how can I touch the outcome? And this and this led a lot of employees inside the companies to fake to fake that they are doing something. I have to go and sit and appear busy as well as the yeah. others because this is the only thing that they can measure. If my boss right now see me putting, let's say, on my internal communicator or chat box that do not disturb, and I'm involved, for example, all the time sitting on my office, even if I'm opening any website and all of this stuff, but I look busy this is the will be the only measurement criteria that i'm evaluated by you understand so Mm -hmm. what i'm trying to say that we this mind shift from the old eras okay uh, during the baby boomers and earlier until now didn't happen didn't happen and because of this uh, we are surviving or passing through what you spoke about right now that they want you to be sitting in front of them in order that they're feeling happy but this, unfortunately, will not fit with the newer generations. The more and more that we are getting to generation towards generation Z and the next generations this style this style of leadership or management will not work. We know it, everybody knows it. The question is, how, when are we going to adapt and do it fast without another COVID? because you saw by yourself that we learned by experience that the only fastest thing to make people change is what disaster. <laughs>
1: <laughs> right. That's all.
0: Okay, I, I wrote it in one of my posts on LinkedIn, I, I think you saw it, okay, that uh, before COVID, you used to explain to the leader a lot of things regarding uh, flexibility, working from home and all of this stuff. And the managers are not willing uh, to listen, as as you said by yourself, they want to see the people sitting in front of them. Uh, COVID came, hit everybody and suddenly without committees without anything without uh, sub, uh, tons of meetings they decided we have to shut down right now for starting march or april 2020 and everybody's working from home they were not prepared there is no infrastructure ready nothing but they just did it and it worked and nobody lied and no uh, uh, not no especially the huge companies i didn't hear about them going uh, bankruptcy in this situation and everything went even though if you ask them 3 4 years before covid and tell them hey can we please make one day home office or something oh my god home office what does it mean you are wasting your time yeah so so the question is are we going to always be waiting for a disaster to happen to push us to change our behaviors and when are we going to do the vice versa when are we going to be proactive enough to think about what we want and to change our behaviors to reach this
1: you got my point i do i get your point and and uh that's a that's a, a great way to look at it is is um it was results based and it was production based. And now the shift is more towards, um, on the em- employee side, the wellness and, um, uh, how can we be most effective? How can we, they don't want to go to work and be miserable. Yes. You know, I don't want to go to work and be miserable. Um, and we're, we're, I think we're in the process of changing that mentality. Um, to be aware, this should actually be something where you want to do it, it. There's there's a ton of jobs out there. And if you don't want to be miserable doing a job, you don't have to be. There's people can see. That's the nice thing about social media and, and the Internet and all that is is you, you can see uh, all the there's a lot more opportunities out there. Before it was, you know, you had to deal with uh, whatever jobs were in your area of where you lived, which is limited. But now you can work for a global company, you know, you can talk to someone in Europe every day. You can do a podcast with someone in Germany if you want. Mm. And, uh, and so there's a lot more opportunities there. So it's like, so why am I doing this other job where they, they treat me like, like garbage and I get paid, you know, non-living wage when I, I can bet on myself and try to develop and figure something out. So I think that that's a good point is, is to, um, is that the, that mentality shift is there and it's coming. Um, I think the, the boomer generation and some of the Gen X generation, which I'm a part of as well, uh, have a hard time adjusting to that, which is kind of funny when you think about it because the boomer generation, you know, this is, these, these people that are kind of set in their ways now these um, this generation is kind of set in their ways. Now Is also the Woodstock generation, you know, the, um, let's make change in the sixties and seventies, but now, uh, used to doing it some way. So it can be difficult to change your ways. Think about it. I don't want to change what I want to do a lot of times, you know, cause I get set in my ways, but, um, it, it's, I think as you're getting older, it's tougher to get that mentality unless you really work at it to, to accept change or at least to view and look for opportunities out there. So, um, and we fear what we don't understand. So when it comes to Zoom meetings, I've never been, out, you know, say you've never been on a Zoom meeting. All you know is going into the office, sitting at a desk, and doing your work, mm-hmm. um, trying to understand it's, it's not just how does this equipment work, but also what's the etiquette? Uh, when do I mute? Um, when, do I, when should I be on camera? When should I not? Those kind of things. Um, mm-hmm. and, you know, we, we fear what we don't understand, so we, we just revert to our, our old ways. And, and I think that's kind of what we're seeing a lot in, in those cases. So, um, so how do we deal with that on our team or uh, uh, in our, you know, uh, with our coworkers, I think is really, they do have a lot of experience and, and ask them, you know, ask them about some experiences or have them tell a story of how they dealt with a certain problem um, or how things were done. Cause I, you know, the, um, we all love to share stories of our experience. And I think you can kind of pick up some things from that in terms of, uh, you know, they'll tell you the whole thing, walking uphill, both ways to school in the snow and all that stuff. But, um, but that's a good lesson in, in kind of, Hey, when you see something, you go get it. Um, and and sometimes you do have to work for it, work hard for Mm -hmm. it. And it's not, not all just sunshine and and beaches. You got to, work for it. But um, I'd say ask for their experience and they'll be happy to, to, to take that. And, and if you're trying to set up a, a, a team and a process, say, you know, reach out to them and say, hey, I know you got this experience. You've been doing this for a long time. What's something that would help you, um, you know, figure out how to communicate with the team or track your goals for the year uh, and those kind of things. Just ask for some mm-hmm. input and, and, and um, digest it and try to put it in a way that kind of works for everybody
0: uh by by the way i will not comment or add my points to what you are saying right now before coming or before going back to something that you said five minutes ago which is are you really generation x my friend yes
1: <laughs> yes i'm, I'm yep. uh, I, was, I was born in 78
0: you have to tell me your secret because i'm sure anybody who is watching you right now in, in the video i i, I was blown <laughs> away when you said right now in the middle of the discussion generation x i was looking like this I say <laughs> because I never thought about it really I never thought that you are in this uh, in in this generation you look younger you said
1: I get that a lot the secret is uh the secret is just genes, I guess um stick uh, to them <laughs> yeah. yeah I have a I have a 20 year old in her second year of college so mm-hmm. yes yes
0: yes this is also was a shock for me remember we were discussing this before Okay, when I, saw, when I saw that you were speaking about your kids and all of this stuff, and then I saw that they are already, some of them are at the university. I said, where did they come from? Did he get married at the age of 10 or what happened? But now uh, but now, since knowing that you are Generation X, I understand.
1: Yeah, and, then, and, and I think the nice thing about Generation X, maybe not mm-hmm. the nice thing, but the, uh, the mentality of, mm-hmm. of my generation, um, and again, I'm generalizing, is take some of that boomer mentality because that's what it was when we started. You know, we're growing up in the eighties and nineties, <clears throat> but we also came of age with the internet. You know, um, I didn't get onto the internet until my freshman year in college in nineteen ninety six. That's the first time I saw web pages. You know, I had a GeoCities account, and you know, it was it was the infancy of of the internet. So it's kind of a mixture of both experiences of of knowing what it's like to go into a building, going go to a site and, and doing that hands-on work, you know, um, right out of college. That's what I did. You went in every single day and you, you you know, right on the floor working on parts. I was doing engineering and then I'm going back to my desk and designing parts. And, um, you know, I know how to <clears throat> how to do drafting <clears throat> on a drafting board by hand. And I mm. was learning AutoCAD and SolidWorks and that kind of stuff. So we kind of came up with that mentality of both sides. Yep. And um, and so it's a good mix of experience, but also with the ideas of understanding what goes on in, in the Internet and um, how businesses came about in the Internet and, mm. um, you know, wishing but, we had figured it out early on as well in terms of how to make money at the Internet. Yes yes I agree and it's
0: not only by the way about the internet or the tech this is one part the other part is the environment um and even the country let me explain to you some examples uh speaking about uh, let's say the environment when we're speaking about generation Z which were the people who were born between 1997 and 2012 okay mm-hmm. uh, let's say that you were born in 1997 OK, so you were aware, let's say in 2007 or 8, you were 10 or 11 years old. You attended the financial crisis, which happened in the USA, in the whole world. And you saw everybody scared around you and you were aware you were not small baby. You are aware you saw it. You saw everybody speaking about saving, worrying about the next financial crisis. Everybody is running every uh, the financial crisis was everywhere during this time. Uh, this will lead, for example, a lot of people from this generation, Generation Z, Later on, who were aware during this time to be influenced by the fear of uh, of safety, that I want to be protected. And they will be looking for safety uh, along the way, regardless if it's uh, uh, relevant to safe position to take or safe uh, paycheck or even increase in the salary in order that they are securing themselves. Yeah. So no yeah. wonder, for example, I expect that, that these generation, when they are coming to me, if I'm, let's say, um, a hiring manager at a company or from the HR, I expect a lot of them to be asking for a high salary and they will be asking along the way for more and more salary because they want to avoid something that they saw happening to their parents. This is an example of it. Another ex- this is example of how the environment can shape uh, your, 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 uh, your, what you want and your needs and your beliefs. Another thing that I saw in my life also is where you come from at a specific era makes a huge difference. So, yeah. a, a lot of people I met, let's speak, I, you remember I always say a lot of people, there is nothing called everyone, okay? Yeah. A lot of people that I meet, let's say from the USSR, from the former USSR, uh, who lived during this time in the 50s and 60s, they are very concerned about safety. And they taught this to their kids. Because during this time, during the USSR time, this is from their words, because I spoke with a lot of them, okay? And including my wife herself, she's from Ukraine. So when I'm speaking to them, former USSR countries, they said everything, let's say, uh, was scarce during this time. And we had to learn to save and to protect our resources. So this mentality also was embedded in the new generations. So where you are coming from is important point. The Where you were when you were born is important thing because what happened in the world during this time beside your parents and family will influence your behavior later. Uh, one big differences that I see between generations, clearly between generations is that and I saw it also was my daughter even later on even though she is not uh, 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 generation Z even. But I'm. she's after Generation Z, but I saw it more and more happening, is that Baby Boomers, which are the, the first generation, the oldest generation, let's make it easier for the people who are listening, Baby Boomers, the oldest one, Generation X, the next one, and Millennials, which is Generation Y, uh, including my generation, uh, they loved, uh, they were focusing or they had this loyal feeling and they want to stay for a longer specific time in a specific country, uh, sorry, company and they yeah. were more respectful towards authorities figures than generation uh, maybe uh, uh, than generation z itself or maybe some of generation uh, no generation z you understand? The, the zoomers the same thing for example for the generation z they are more tech reliant and they love to communicate in a different way than the normal other older generations so we have to keep these differences in the mind based on the tech and also circumstances that these people lived or passed through with their parents or when they were aware or even for example at school at the university all of these things has to be in the heads of the people when they are dealing with each others at the companies especially if you are managing people this even one thousand percent more important now Yeah, and so what i mean
1: yeah yeah i know exactly what you mean that and that's a good point um i, I think the the older generation um it says just because someone's older than me, they need to respect me and and I think there's a shift towards uh earning respect with more of the younger generation that's that's been my um observation. It's like just because you're older than me doesn't mean you know um I have to do feigned respect and all that, but you know um earn it right and and show me why. Kind of thing, and and I think you see that a lot more with with the younger generation. But so, and with Gen X, because of that mix, I think I, I think a good way to help motivate a, a Gen Xer like myself is um, ask for their ideas. So we, we have experience, but we also have ideas about what we think needs to happen in the next you know twenty years or so, and um, and we're great at documenting and improving processes. You know, we'll take some of the old process and, and experience um, and mix it with the new ideas. So it's a mixture of experience and, and, and new ideas, new thoughts. Um, and, and I think we, we can really apply it to, you know, we're pretty good at learning the new Zoom systems or Microsoft Teams or all these other kind of new communication ways. Because we, we, again, we're, we're used to coming up and learning that as we go along for business, you know, um, so, so kind of lean into that a little bit is, Hey, help me set up this process to, to do this link between, uh, working and, and communicating and, uh, virtually and all that. Uh, yes. I, I think that's a real helpful way to do that. Um, and, and, uh, so yeah, it's a good mixture of both. I think you know I've been doing this for I've been out of college for twenty years now, so I, I've seen a lot of things where I um, I wasn't living out of my email inbox. I was you know going in my boss's office to get the next assignment kind of thing. And mm-hmm. now we all just live out of our email inbox. So how can we kind of do both, and how can we track what's going on? Is is it can be difficult to figure out, um, and, and I think I've done a pretty good job of figuring that out. But uh, again, I think it, it's probably because I get that good mixture of experience with technology, understanding of technology. Do you, do you
0: know, I will tell you something. I want to, to stop at the point that you said one minute ago when you said we have to be able to predict what will happen in the next coming 20 years. And I want to document here in this uh, episode my prediction to the next coming 20 years. We will be facing a massive shortage in the talents around the world. And I'm saying it, and I kept saying it for the past years, and we see it over and over. So I was predicting this two, three years ago. And already, uh, let's say, a country, like in in Europe, country like Germany here, they are all the time here speaking about uh, uh, yearly 400,000 places. They need skilled talents here. They cannot find all of this stuff. Part of it, of course, because of laws and governmental issues, but the other part, because really the the, the step-by-step, Starting Generation Z and moving onward, okay, I promise you there there will be a drop, a huge drop in talents, and the reason is a combination of different things. Uh, The first one is the environment. As coming back to the Generation Z that I said right now, let's imagine that I'm ten years old or eleven during during 2007 or 2008. I watched my father, let's say, working at a big corporation, and this big corporation, he is. He or she, uh, he is massively under pressure, working extended working hours, having tough time, cannot is not is not being able to be present with us. All of these things I see them in front of me, and I see that my father yes, maybe generating good money, but he is not happy. Or my mom, no matter what it is. Or my mom, do you hmm. think later on I will be saying, yeah, I would like to uh, to do the same or spend my lifetime like them? This is number one so the 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 new generations will never be willing to tolerate the the amount of pressure which started happening from the internet era starting the internet era because before the internet era it was less pressure but after this one after the internet starting 1997 1998 moving onwards With this, with the connectivity solutions and every and we became more uh, global economy, globalized, connected to each other. And what happened in China, you can know it after one minute and you can make a teleconference easily with somebody in China and Japan, USA and all of this stuff and getting emails all the time. This all increased your pressure and made you all the time. You like it or not uh, under the mercy of your phone or the the invitation, a meeting invitation, which is coming to you or whatever. So moving on, they saw this rise, this curve going up. They saw the pressure going up and they are asking definitely themselves, why should I be in this situation? This is number one. Okay. Number two, and this is something that you mentioned five minutes ago, Jim, is now is the internet, there are more opportunities, but not opportunities that only that I can see job openings online. No, the internet right now became a competitor, competitor to corporations because okay. you don't need a degree. In order to make money and anybody can use their talents and skills as long as they are persistent enough and want to move on this road and they can create something out of it so now it became there is no reason for you to fight to get a degree and there's no reason for you to start waiting until you're 25 or 30 or even 40 to start making good money no you can right now be 15 and start doing something or 16 on the internet and boom and it works with you and you start getting good money and you are running the things in your own way so now, when a company, let's say the, the big companies right now are trying to attract talents from the, in the market, uh, these talents will be thinking uh, first before thinking even about joining or not, should I even join them, not, not them or another company, no. Should I join them or should I do something for myself? This will be the first question. You understand? Second, yeah. question, second question will be, why, if I'm still not in the university, why should I go and study medicine? Why should I go and study engineering? And we see this already here in Germany. You understand? We have massive shortage in uh, doctors. We have massive shortage in engineers. Why? Because uh, with the newer generations, they don't want to spend this hell lot of time studying engineering, studying uh, 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 what's called medicine, uh, in order that they start working later. No, they want shortcuts. They want the the, the easy road, uh, especially I'm not saying that they are lazy, but I was saying that there are now more alternatives beside that the alternative already of the corporations is not attractive enough. You understand? In the past, Jim, uh, you, let's say until your era or until the beginning of my era when I was born, there was only one way. Uh, you have to work and you have to work, you have to convince a company. So you have to go and study something attractive to go to this company and the company takes you. Now there are more ways. And these ways does not always mean that you have to take long roads to reach this way, to this the target. So why should I take the long way for something that's not attracting me even? Which is, for example, a big company that I'm not interested to work at. You understand yeah. what I mean? These yeah. are all in the in the in the brains and the mentalities of the younger generations. And on top of all of this, on top of all of this, uh, the the what's called the, a lot of corporations have to understand that 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 they are using social media in the wrong way, because I see it over and over. You are communicating right now and trying to attract these young talents, let's say the people from um, Generation Z and some of Generation Y. You are trying to attract them. And you are trying to speak maybe with them. First, a lot of companies don't speak their language still by communicating online and on the platforms that they are using. But even the few which are doing, they are not communicating the right messages because these people are not stupid. Because I see a lot of time that a company is publishing, let's say, I'm sorry to say it like this, a company is publishing and saying, uh, uh, putting a picture of uh, a new cubicle of a new hire, and they are putting the laptop picture, Apple, and the phone is iPhone, and, for example, a cap and this one and saying welcome to this new person, all of this stuff. Uh, by the way, it, I, I'm, I'm appreciative to this. I'm not saying that's something that I'm appreciative. But if you think that I, am as a person or a new generation person, will be judging that your company is great because you are putting this picture and, 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 and I'm joining you right now and I have these things. At the end, these things are helping you as a corporation, not me. The cell phone that you are giving to me right now to answer and reply your emails all the time. the the laptop its your uh, company computer or laptop i cannot it's not mine so it's all for the business so enough enough publishing these things while you have already damaged cultures which are not prepared to attract me already from the beginning let's focus on the right things and the right people will come let's focus on the right image and the right behaviors and they and, and publish these things and the people will come but just putting picture like this way or for example, an event and meeting, I used to see, Jim, sorry, I will add one more sentence. I used to see some people looking sitting at, at a seamlessly boring meeting, and they take a picture of it and say, uh, hashtag life at this company. Everybody looks bored. Most probably, they are all forced to be sitting there because it was extended meeting. At the end, they said, we have a picture. This is not convincing me when you are publishing it that life is great there. You it's good, but yes. if you're thinking that this is the major factor that I'm right now buying into your company, you are mistaken. Then your generations are used to the internet and how to use it. They will research your company. They will go and reach out with other people. They are not caving in like the older generations. You understand? They are not. They will do whatever it takes to make sure that they are taking an educated decision because they have the tools to do this one. Well. What do you yeah, say?
1: Yeah, you're exactly right. The, and, and you hit the nail on the head. Gen Y millennials and even Gen Z, um, they, you know, view the system as broken. And, um, again, I think we're in a transition from the old way to the new way. Um, and I'm not sure what that's going to look like, but, um, the Gen Y's millennials they're painted as lazy, but I know that's not the case. I'm, you know, uh, I know a lot of them. And, uh, they're really super hard workers, but what's, um, but they're unmotivated by an outdated system that focuses on an old idea of work being uncomfortable of you have to, you know, go into significant debt in order to get a college degree in order to get, like you said, a delayed, um, uh, paycheck. And then from there, is that even a, Living wage, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, the ones that I talk to say, "Well, why should I go into, you know, significant debt if once I get that college degree, I'm going to need two jobs anyway in order to pay that off and be able to afford, you know, rent." So, um, so it's not really a shortcut that, um they're looking for. It's it's the looking for a better way of doing things um, and trying to take, figure out what the opportunities are. Cause like you said, there's smart and know how to use the internet and what's a better way to make this happen. Um, <clears throat> instead of, you know, going through the grind and then from there, um, you know, that's a big fear. I'm going to go into school. I'm going to put all this effort into college. I'm going to get this four year degree and get this debt. And then I'm going to, you know, earn a salary that's the same as what it was when I started out 20 years ago. And, mm-hmm. you know, um, salaries haven't really increased that much, at least not here in the U S but the cost of education certainly has. Same so, here. Same here. So that's, that. so I, I, get that kind of fear. And, and even if you're not going into to college, you're doing, um, you go right into the workforce. Um, think about it like, um, my son works at Walmart and he, he likes his job. He's, you know, uh, he's still in high school, but they, um, during labor day, he was really sick, could not go into work. And they gave him points for calling off sick. You know, they said, if you get, and if you get enough points, you you're fired, regardless of if you're a good worker or not. But he like, so the mentality was, you need to show up sick, coughing and hacking on everything, and all the customers and all this stuff. Um, and because if you're in here, we know you're working, and you know. Um, but he he was like he was not in a way for he missed two days, and because it was around a holiday, he was like one point away from getting fired. So he's like, great for the next six months, I can't get sick because yeah, I'll get fired. Yeah, yeah. and that kind of mentality is 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 not helping the group. Cause it's, it should be, you know, especially post COVID, shouldn't we be concerned about if I'm feeling sick about not sharing, you know, we're a lot smarter about what we can do to not spread colds and flus and COVID and, and, you know, those kind of sicknesses. So who are we learning from that or are we not kind of thing? And, and I think the younger generation is learning from that and they don't want to be in a situation where I'm being forced to come in sick and work and feel miserable when I don't have to, you know. The, there's... The,
0: the, the, I, I want to add my point to, to this one and then you can continue. Yeah. Uh, the system my friend in America has massively to change specific in America because I have clients there and I have friends there and it's impossible that uh, a big country like America right now is having unsecured workforce like this. That, uh, that the idea of firing someone uh, on the spot is crazy. This is one. Mm-hmm. Uh, the second thing, for example, is not being aware, as far as I know, what are my rights if I got fired right now, which, for example, how much the company can give me as a package or something this way. So suddenly, from one day to another, I can get fired and I don't know how much I have. I'm not prepared, all of this stuff. This, this is crazy. And this has to change, massively yeah. need to change and 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 each time that i see it or hear about it happening in the usa i'm I'm shocked so I'm, i i want to give you back the mic but i just said i want to yeah. state that this has to
1: change yeah 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 exactly i saw i saw uh, a sign up front of a company looking to hire they they needed employees back and uh it said hello are you there we're hiring kind of thing i'm like oh, that's not an effective message <laughs> to send is like, is anybody out there? Hello? <laughs> it's, it's, you know, why, why would somebody, you know, want to work for, for low wages and, you know, in, in miserable conditions? Cause we've seen that, Oh wait, um, well, during COVID, you know, um, I saw, um, people working from their desk and getting, being productive and, um, or even when they had to come in, you know, if, if you're uh, an essential worker, or, or whatever. It's like, we were able to make things happen. And then we are going reverting back to the old ways. I was like, how about a little bit of uh sustenance? And I think that the, the companies that are being successful now post COVID are the ones that have identified that and are putting more effort into workplace atmosphere. So it's, it's less, I want to be productive at this job and make sure we get parts out. It's, it's more, I want to get parts out, but you know, I also want to make sure that if, um, I'm feeling sick that I'm not forced to come in and sick, you know, when I'm feeling sick and um, just provide an atmosphere where they can be most productive. Yeah. For some people that is coming into an office, I need, you know, you maybe need to talk to people or see people and, and be hands-on, but um, in some cases it's hey, I'm more productive when I'm, you know, when it's, when I can't sleep and it's 10 PM, I can, you know, knock out these documents and check my email. That's what I'm, you know, so it's kind of like a,
0: this is, uh, sorry, sorry. I'm sorry. No, go ahead. No, no, no. Say, sorry.
1: I was just going to say, just provide an atmosphere where, where, where um, Gen Y millennials can be most productive work wherever if possible. Right. And then, and incentivize that, that kind of work, um, situation and uh you know and if it's a factory job close monitoring leads people to see how we can break the rules you know um can i go on an extended smoke break or you know even if you don't smoke sit outside or whatever and um and so if you're closely monitoring that it just becomes a game like all right how can i get away from these monitors but if you give them trust to get the job done then the motivation comes back that i can in my experience anyway that the motivation comes back that okay they trust me to do the job so i'm going to get this job done because i want to keep that trust kind of yeah. thing yes yes
0: i fully agree and coming back to the exhaustion at work that you mentioned right now or or how the people feel when they are going to work or the stressors at work and all of this stuff we are at the meantime in an era in a gap you understand Uh, we are in a specific phase and we are not able to cross over to the next era. And one of the main reasons for this one is because of these different generations at work and different style of leadership and what they expect from the people under it. If I'm leading in a specific way, I expect everybody to behave in this way or else I will say that you are not fit uh, uh, fitting in or you are not good enough. When we're speaking, let's say, about baby boomers who are right now in the workforce and they are um, aged 59 onwards, a lot of them, a lot of them, I'm not saying all, a lot of them tend to believe that what defines success is long working hours. If you're working longer, yeah, then right. this means that you are successful. They also believe that face-to-face interaction is a must. and It's between co-workers. So, and if you look right now, you will see that post-COVID, or, or for example, what we reach at the meantime, a lot of conflicts which are happening before COVID and right now is happening because of these things. The same principles that, no, work longer, success is by work longer. Uh, what's called, even even by the way, the promotional style was made in this way. That's why a lot of people uh, give up on their dreams and goals because they are worried that, okay, if I want to be ambitious, if I'm ambitious and I'm going up the career ladder, this means that I have to sell my soul to the devil uh, because I will earn, uh, just to earn five uh, or six thousand extra dollars per year i have to sacrifice everything so they started saying no no no, thank you i just want to stay uh, in my position and i don't want to climb up why because of this mentality of leadership from the time of the baby boomers onwards and it was transmuted to the next generations you understand longer hours if you are working long hours you are defining uh, this is the definition of success uh, we have to meet face to face and at the same time the newer generations the newer generations what do they want they want flexibility they want uh, mm-hmm. to feel that they are working on innovative things. Yeah. And, 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 and they cannot find this one because this is conflicting with the requirements of the other older generation, the far older. There's a gap in the middle. That's what I'm speaking about. And, of course, the different generations, they can benefit from a lot of things together. For example, they can be the, one of the best things that, 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 that we can benefit from having four generations at the same time at work is to listen to each other. To understand more about how to create systems and and guidelines that can fit the different needs of each generation, for example. And also we can learn how how to be better at problem solving from each other. Because I'm telling you, one of the best things about different generations is that each generation will have a different style of solving problems. And the youngers can learn from the olders and the vice versa. So these are areas where we can find commonalities between us that we can build on each other instead of focusing on the things that we know for 100 years that they are not adding value. Like just, I want to see you in front of me, as you said, uh, Jim, before. If you are sitting in front of me, I'm happy. Or, for example, you have to to work uh, 10 hours in order that I'm happy uh, with your work. No, these things cannot function anymore and they will not not work with the newer generations, no matter if they are the last generation, Generation generations, or the next coming ones. And we have to be ready and to make this shift But here is the fun part, the last thing that I will say about this point. Here's the fun part. All of us are watching this one, and we're saying we hope that this shift happens. And in our heads, somebody is expecting someone else to start bridging Mm -hmm. this gap. No, it starts with every one of us. It starts with me, with you, with everybody else. Everyone. Not, uh, uh, sorry, I'm a normal person, my boss has to decide, or the CEO. No, everyone has to bridge this gap in order to are going together through this hard time you understand why i'm saying hard time because again i'm repeating each coming year you will see more and more shortage of talents because of what we spoke about before so in order to keep the things running and going we have to make the companies attractive we have to make the companies we have to especially the big ones they have to communicate in the right way with the newer generations online and using their medium of communication yeah right And on top of Mm -hmm. all of this, reforms need to happen inside, and it's not rocket science, but that people don't want. Why? Because they are focusing on the day-to-day business more uh, problems more than anything else, and saying, this is later. This is normal human behavior. Yes, say, Jim.
1: Yeah, yeah, no, I was just agreeing with you, and and I love the way you put that, was um, older generation was, yeah, the longer you work, the more successful you are, and that's, like I said, I'm Gen X, so I got a little bit of both in me, and in, in my um, project management, uh, uh, clients, uh, it, it, was a tough transition from I'll be in these meetings and we'll be, it's a 30 minute meeting. And I found myself spending extra time in those meetings, just talking because, mm. well, it's 30 minutes and I'm not, you know, I, I was feeling, uh, like I didn't need to, like, I wasn't doing my job unless I was filling those 30 minutes. And it took me a little bit to shift to, well, if we're done in five, we're done in five and go work on something else kind of thing. So you, it, that was a shift that I had to do. And this was only like a year or two ago was, mm. um, you know, time doesn't equal success. It's, it's you know, results equals success. So like you said, it's, it's, it's getting those results. How can you be efficient to get those results um, instead of just having a bunch of people in a room staring at each other, you know, um, talking about sports and just kind of um, jabbering on just because we feel like, well, we have 30 minutes set aside. So let's use 30 minutes period. That doesn't mean you're getting jobs done. If you keep looking for what do we want to talk about next? That's then, you know, you're not running an efficient meeting and you're not getting anywhere. So um, I'm just kind of um, uh, putting more uh, emphasis on what you were talking about and that shift can be sometimes hard especially for for my generation where yeah it's it used to be if you're putting in the time the only way to be successful is to work 14 hours a day and keep going 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 but it but that isn't the way it is now you can be more efficient you can get things done quicker the nice thing about uh working remotely is you can go meeting to meeting to meeting without having to you know um get up you can talk to people right away the old way you had to get in, you know, you had to walk across a building to get to a conference room. And then usually there's a meeting running late and he's just kind of sitting outside and, you know, uh, outside of the room. And then when it's finally empty, you get in and everybody gets set up and then, you know, then you start going and then I got another meeting after this. So I got to go across the building again to go to another one. So we're a lot more efficient now. Um, and, and that's what makes success is the efficiency here. If you can get more things done, more results done, because you're being efficient. And if you get your job done in four hours that day, great. That's, that's, I think that's the ultimate goal, right, is to, is to spend less time uh, focused on earning a paycheck and more time being able to enjoy that paycheck. And, and they're, they're, we're figuring out the way to make that happen. And uh, it's not easy and every industry is going to be different. Um, everybody's going to need, you know, products that they can hold in their hand, like this coffee mug. You know, someone had to make it. Uh, they had to be in a plant to make it. So mm-hmm. how can we make that the most efficient way possible? And, uh, But how can we get the design work done the most efficient way possible? How can we procure the materials needed the most efficient way possible? You know, things that can be accelerated to get that to happen. Um, and the, I think the successful companies are going to be the ones that figure that out. How can we be most um, efficient um, yes. instead of how can we make people work longer?
0: Yes, I fully agree with you. They have also to think, especially specifically when it comes to this topic of the different generations, they have to consider different working styles because of the different generations. They have to think about the communication problems that can appear because of these different generations. And if someone wants... To do a difference they know where to start at least by themselves or even they can start asking for help okay they can reach out to you they can reach out to me they can even do anything else anybody who wants to do something they will do it jim but as yeah. i said before i always used to say it that uh, uh, the people in a in a, in, a, in position uh, to uh, let's say to uh, to influence the direction of the company are usually super busy with things uh, that i don't i don't want to say that doesn't that the that do not matter no they matter but they are uh, they are busy with these things and ignoring other things which are also super important relevant to their people and companies and the behaviors and all of this stuff and they only usually um, start acting if if something massive and a shock happened like for example covid as you saw by yourself or a disaster happened inside the company outside of this one uh, they don't do anything and or they ignore and i mentioned it one time on linkedin when i was saying that uh, this is normal human behavior by the way because when you are having a stomach ache as a normal human uh, being you don't go direct to the doctor you just see uh, okay maybe it will go and then after a while hey maybe maybe i can take a pill and then if it stayed with high intensity for several days you can act you can do something you can go to the doctor and what we need right now in our organizations is to increase this intensity from down from down up and from up down, both intensity. yes Not that everything is relaxed and let's uh, solve the the the. Uh, let's put off the fire when it appears. No, we have to increase the intensity so that people move and act and make the required changes for the sake of your kids, my kids, the next generations, and for a better workforce.
1: Uh, yeah. You want to add exactly. something?
0: Because we are. Yeah, tell me.
1: No, I think we covered everything. Um, I just, I, I know I got some things wrong, um, but I'm, I'm sharing how I view um, the generations and my experiences uh, working with different, the different generations. But I'm um, happy to have a conversation with someone if they see want to point out something I got wrong or or how they view it as well. I'm always uh, I want to learn. So uh, anybody listening wants to reach out to uh, to you or to me, please do um am easy to get a hold of you can go to net or uh com, and uh you know reach out to us and let's have a conversation
0: um uh, there is one also thing uh, i wanted to add since you mentioned this point if anybody also have an idea about a topic that they want us to speak about in the next episodes just send jim or send me send us on linkedin send us uh, uh, through the, our websites uh, we are very, very open to listen to what you need to, uh, learn more about, right, Jim?
1: Yeah, exactly. That's, uh, that's a good question to ask because, uh, yeah, these are fun. I like talking about these, um, uh, different concepts and ideas and, uh, I know there's a ton more out there and, um, yeah, it's fun sharing our experiences from, from two different continents and, uh, Yeah, I'd like to hear what's on someone else's mind of uh, what they're working with now or uh, just what kind of uh, uh, thoughts they have going on or what what they need help with um, or what they want to talk about.
0: We should have said this at the beginning of the episode, by the way, because because usually the people don't end until the last minute. But anyway, next time we can maybe, for example, put a hint about it at the beginning of the next episode. Uh, If somebody has ideas that they want to share with us, that they want us to talk about, they can reach out to us uh, at any time. Yeah, Jim? and Hudson, yeah, Hudson, sorry. what do
1: you want to talk about? Maybe we'll talk about that. Yeah. My, my eight-year-old nephew.
0: <laughs> yes, 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 yes. Uh, by the <laughs> way, uh, uh, shout out to you also. What's his
1: name? Hudson. Actually, he's Hudson. he just turned nine, actually, yeah.
0: Okay, Hudson, shout out to you from us here. Uh, if you want to reach out to me to say hello at any time, feel free. Okay, I'm happy <laughs> that you are one of our listeners at the meantime. I hope that I can say that you are one of the fans. I hope so. In the future, I can say. Uh, Jim, thank you so much for being here. Ladies and gentlemen, this was a new episode of Leadership Uncensored with Muhammad and Jim. And see you in the next episode. And I wish you an amazing day ahead, Jim. Take care of yourself. Thanks.
1: Yep. Thank you too, Muhammad. Right. Take care. Bye.